Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, travel, chaos, and confusion. Southwest Airlines cancels thousands of flights, leaving passengers stranded. Could a pilot walk out over vaccine mandates be the cause? Passengers sound off after mass cancellations. Not a great end to a good vacation. Tonight, the blame game. Triple weather threat. Dangerous storms from the plains to the upper Midwest. Tornadoes in Oklahoma and snow in the Rockies. The latest on the severe weather. Plane crash. Homes destroyed when a small aircraft plunges into a California neighborhood. Breakthrough treatment? The first pill to treat COVID is a step closer to authorization. Plus, new research on the devastating effect COVID has on pregnant women. Out of a spy movie, what we're learning tonight about a Navy scandal involving a nuclear engineer, a peanut butter sandwich, and a plot to sell America's secrets to a foreign government. Schools targeted. The dangerous new challenge promoted on social media. Schools vandalized. Now there's a warning that teachers could be victimized next. I need somebody. Setting the record straight. Decades later, who Paul McCartney says broke up the Beatles. And this incredible story. A runner who lost his sight at an early age, but not his ability to inspire. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, and thank you so much for joining us on this Monday. Well, we're going to begin tonight with the anger and frustration of Southwest Airlines passengers as a weekend of delays and cancellations stretched all the way into Monday. More than 360 flights were canceled today after about 2,000 were called off over the weekend. Now, why it's happening isn't exactly clear. The airline blames the weather and, quote, other constraints. But disruptions began shortly after the pilots union tried to block Southwest's new COVID 
vaccine mandate. What is clear is that thousands of Southwest passengers were left stranded. Lines were long and tempers were short at airports in several cities as passengers were forced to wait hours and in some cases, days, yes, days to get on other flights. Well, CBS's Errol Barnett is going to lead us off tonight from Reagan National Airport just outside of here in D.C. Good evening, Errol. Nora, good evening. There are folks out there tonight still waiting to get to their weekend destinations and some having to pay hundreds of dollars out of pocket just to get there. Now, while Southwest struggles to rebuild its schedule, we spoke to the union representing Southwest's pilots who say there was no walkout. From L.A. to Miami. It's uh, not a great end to a good vacation. Dallas to Denver. We're, we're going to try and get there. When, I don't know. Thousands of Southwest customers had weekend travel plans ruined by more than 2,000 flight cancellations. Tonight, the company offering a, quote, tremendous apology to customers and employees, citing weather and external constraints. Did any of your pilots call out sick this weekend? We have data on what exactly happened. And um, um, so our pilot sick rates were are right in line with, with what was occurring this summer. Captain Casey Murray is president of the Southwest Pilots Union and insists there was no protest of the company's pending vaccine mandate. But he acknowledged the union is suing Southwest over its policy. The pilots were were picking up extra flying. Southwest stood out because other carriers had nowhere near its rate of cancellations. Some stranded passengers hit the road to get back home. We're home. (laughs) After how many hours on the road? 25 total. 25 hours. Julianne Maddox attended a wedding in Austin with two friends before Southwest canceled their Sunday flight back to D.C., offering Wednesday instead. The general consensus among everyone was it's easier to to rent a car and and just get out of town. 1,500 miles later, the trio made it home safely today. So probably won't be looking at Southwest uh, anytime soon. And this is not over yet. Southwest says it is trying to rebuild its schedule, but Nora, it does expect for there to be continued cancellations through Tuesday. All right, Errol Barnett, thank you so much. Well, tonight, the central U.S. is bracing for severe weather. They've already gotten some in southern Illinois. A tornado leveled at least two buildings in the town of Wrights. More than a dozen tornadoes were reported Sunday in Oklahoma and Missouri. The good news is no one was seriously hurt. We get more now on the storm threat from CBS's Lonnie Quinn. Hey there, Lonnie. Well, hello, Nora. Tonight, it's going to be Illinois that's on alert for tornadoes. But as we get into your day tomorrow, the same area that was plagued today could very well see a repeat performance. We're talking Oklahoma and Kansas. Look at that line coming through. Anywhere along that line, there could be a severe storm. All right. Now, the twist element is going to come from up above. Big river of fast-moving air. The jet stream starts to twist the top of that column of air. It could translate down to the surface. you got another problem out there. You go north of that system, and look at this. You get up into portions of Wyoming and Montana, and we're talking snow. Maybe one to two feet of snow as you finish up your day tomorrow. Then I want to take us out west just quickly. We do not have any big fires burning, but... A red flag warning is in effect. We could have winds blowing tomorrow in excess of 60 miles per hour. If that's your home, you've got to be careful with a flame or any kind of spark tomorrow. That's the latest. We've got three weather stories out there. Nora, it's all yours. All right, Lonnie Quinn with the sound effects and weather tonight. (laughs) Thanks, Lonnie. Well, tonight we're following breaking news from Southern California. At least two people were killed when a small plane crashed into a neighborhood outside San Diego, just blocks from a high school. Two homes were destroyed. CBS's Lilia Luciano has late details on just what happened. 
This is amateur video taken right after the plane crashed into a residential neighborhood just after noon local time. Our aircraft has crashed uh, about a half mile in front of us into the houses. We believe that the injuries are non-survivable for anyone that was on that plane. Oh my God. A witness painted a scene of chaos in the moments after the crash. Cars exploding and fires exploding and UPS, you know, tanks and everything exploding. She says two men in the neighborhood ran out after the explosion to help a man and a woman trapped in one of the destroyed homes. They pulled the lady out and then they had to knock the fence down to get uh, the husband out. So hopefully that was only just those two people in the house. San Diego sheriffs set up a perimeter as fire crews worked to douse the flames at two homes that were destroyed. Several others may be damaged. A UPS truck also took a direct hit. It happened in a neighborhood just blocks away from a high school. Luckily, no students were hurt. Fire officials say one of the deaths was someone on the ground, though no one in those homes affected was killed. The FAA hasn't confirmed how many passengers were in that small Cessna that was traveling from Yuma, Arizona to San Diego. And now the NTSB will take the lead in the investigation. Nora. Thank you, Lilia Luciano. And there is encouraging news in the fight against the pandemic. New infections, hospitalizations and deaths are all trending downward. And tonight, the U.S. could soon have the world's first pill to treat COVID. Here's CBS's Manuel Bohorkas. Tonight, the drug maker Merck may be a step closer to distributing the first COVID-19 treatment in a pill. The company is asking the Food and Drug Administration for an emergency use authorization for the oral treatment targeted to unvaccinated people who have developed COVID symptoms. Merck says early trials show the pill cut hospitalizations and deaths by about half. Meanwhile, Dr. Anthony Fauci says kids can safely enjoy Halloween this year. You're outdoors for the most part, at least when my children were out there doing trick-or-treating, and enjoy it. But there is continued concern about COVID during pregnancy. Only a third of pregnant women in the U.S. are fully vaccinated, and new studies show expectant mothers with COVID-19 symptoms risk complications, such as gestational diabetes, and their babies are more likely to be admitted to the ICU. Dr. Ahn Nguyen is an ER physician in Houston who treats COVID patients. Tens of thousands of pregnant women have been vaccinated. I personally have not seen any bad outcomes from vaccination, but I have seen tons of bad outcomes from pregnant women with COVID. She's 36 weeks pregnant herself, expecting her second child, and has just received a booster of the Pfizer vaccine. This is like a golden opportunity to give my baby the antibodies. I don't anticipate that my newborn would be eligible to get the vaccine. And so she's going to get the antibodies that are circulating in my blood from me getting the booster shot. There is evidence of that. One study found 100 percent of babies born to women who had received the Pfizer or Moderna shots also had the antibodies triggered by those vaccines. Nora? What a gift a mother can give their child. Manuel Bojorquez, thank you. And now to a case of alleged espionage with a really bizarre twist. A naval engineer and his wife are expected to appear in federal court tomorrow on charges that they tried to pass nuclear secrets to a foreign country. And get this, key evidence was apparently hidden in a peanut butter sandwich. Here's CBS's Catherine Herridge. 
This case revolves around the technology behind these high-tech U.S. subs, and the court records read like an espionage thriller. Defendants Jonathan Tebby, a nuclear engineer for the Navy, and his wife Diana were arrested over the weekend, accused of selling nuclear secrets to a foreign government official who was really an FBI agent. Our submarine program is the biggest defense capability that the U.S. has. Eric O'Neill worked undercover as an FBI counterintelligence operative. This is a trusted insider who was within the secure network, who had access to the secrets and decided he was going to go sell them to a foreign power. That is the most dangerous thing that we find in counterintelligence. Tebby, who lived on this quiet street in Annapolis, Maryland, is charged with offering to sell an unnamed country nuclear sub-secrets in exchange for $100,000 in cryptocurrency. The FBI was tipped by that country and then began an elaborate months-long investigation with undercover agents telling Tebby to drop off the stolen data in a rural area in West Virginia. Among the most sensational details, the Tebby passed information on a data card hidden inside Band-Aids and even a peanut butter sandwich. So it's a very novel approach to an old traditional spy method. And federal prosecutors want the couple to remain in custody pending trial. They have their first court appearance in West Virginia tomorrow, underscoring the severity of the espionage charge. Prosecutors indicated they could get life in prison or death if convicted, Nora. Wow. Catherine Harridge, thank you. Well, we have got a warning for parents tonight about an alarming wave of destructive and dangerous school pranks that are being provoked on social media. We have new details tonight from CBS's Jamie Ucas. Damaged bathrooms, a flooded hallway, just some of the recent destruction in one Tennessee school district. Across our 14 middle schools and high schools, um, there have been over 100 incidents of vandalism and theft over the last few weeks um, that have been linked to these challenges. The social media challenges, says school spokesman Anthony Johnson, include one on TikTok called Devious Licks that incited kids to steal or destroy school property and post it online. We're not talking about minor vandalism. Dozens of students have faced consequences and their families are left paying thousands of dollars in fines and restitution. Addison Goldberg and Lily Lambert attend one of the vandalized schools. Why is this happening? They just want the more popularity. How does this make you more popular by damaging property? Because it makes you noticed and it um, brings you to the attention of your peers. And the higher level of vandalism is the more attention that you're going to get. There is now a calendar of challenges circulating online. In October, students are being encouraged to slap a teacher, prompting warnings from police and school districts nationwide. Several students have already been arrested for apparently following through. Assaulting any employee is a zero-tolerance offense uh, that comes with a mandatory mandatory one-year expulsion. TikTok says the alleged challenge would violate its policies, and it would aggressively remove such content. But TikTok also says it has not found the challenge on its platform. This is incredibly inappropriate and can't go on. Lessons learned by some, but not all. Jamie Ucas, CBS News. Tonight, a man who many believe to be innocent remains behind bars in Missouri. That's where he's been for more than four decades, despite testimony that appears to clear his name. CBS's Erin Mortiarity has covered the case extensively for 48 hours, and she reports on why that man is still locked up. To be honest, Kevin, I thought when I saw you next, it would be on the outside. I was hoping it would be also. 
It's been 42 years since Kevin Strickland was sent to prison for a crime he says he didn't commit. And this past May, Jackson County prosecutor Gene Peters Baker publicly agreed with him. It is important to recognize when the system has made wrongs. And what we did in this case was wrong. Yet five months later, the 62-year-old is still behind bars. How old were you when you were first incarcerated? About to be 19 in about three months. And I'm wondering if I'm going to be here at 63. Why? The delays and the roadblocks that are being put up seem to be endless. Roadblocks thrown up by the state's attorney general, Eric Schmidt, who maintains Strickland received a fair trial and is guilty. After a triple homicide in Kansas City in 1978, the only survivor, 20-year-old Cynthia Douglas, identified Strickland as one of the shooters. Douglas later tried to recant her testimony, saying she was mistaken. After Strickland's first trial ended with a hung jury, he was later convicted by an all-white jury and sentenced to life without parole. Do you still remember hearing that verdict? Yeah, yeah. I, I will never forget that. I didn't know I could cry like that at that age. Strickland remained in prison even after two of the four actual shooters, Vincent Bell and Kilm Atkins, stated under oath that Strickland had nothing to do with the murders. Every one of the shooters, all four, none of them are serving time right now for that murder. But you are sitting in here. Right. Strickland says even if he's released, he can't get back the past. His daughter was seven weeks old when he was arrested. You really have lost a lot get your life back, but you've lost so much of it. Yeah, you, you, you kind of see it there, I get my life back. <laughs> I've never had one. So I get to try to establish a life, but I've actually never had one to get back. Aaron Moriarty, CBS News, Cameron, Missouri. And an update, a twice-delayed hearing that could lead to Strickland's freedom is scheduled for next month. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, some good news. A three-year-old boy is home from the hospital and back with his family after he'd gone missing for three days. Christopher Ramirez disappeared from his home in Plantersville, Texas, last week after chasing a neighbor's puppy into the woods. The boy was found several miles from home, hungry, thirsty, but happy to be back in his mother's arms. Tonight, a Florida Highway Patrol officer and a woman he was helping after an accident are lucky to be alive. Look at this. They were on a busy interstate when a pickup truck swerved to avoid the accident, narrowly missing the officer and hitting the woman's car. She escaped with minor injuries. The cause of that initial wreck still under investigation. Oh. 
Paul McCartney is setting the record straight, saying he wasn't the one who broke up the Beatles. He says it was the late John Lennon. McCartney has long been blamed for instigating the split, but he tells the BBC, quote, that was our Johnny coming in one day and saying, I'm leaving the group. McCartney insists he wanted to keep the Beatles together. We're all still fascinated half a century later. Kenyan runners swept today's rescheduled Boston Marathon. Benson Kiproto won the men's race. Diana Kipyogi, the women's. The marathon is a grueling test, but for one runner, it's just another obstacle to overcome. Here's CBS's Nancy Chen. There's resilience in each step of these 26.2 miles for Dan Berlin. It's just such a, a moving experience to run it. Diagnosed with a degenerative eye condition when he was seven, the Colorado runner lost his sight in his late 20s. The sense of disability was starting to really weigh on me. So I signed up for a half marathon and started training for it. Man, just getting out there to run, it just changed my world. And his challenges soon took the 51-year-old around the world. He climbed Machu Picchu, summited Mount Kilimanjaro, and crossed the Grand Canyon. What does running mean to you? Well, running to me means a sense of freedom. It's been a way to able to find ability in the face of disability. Confidence he hopes to instill in young people with his nonprofit. We formed Team C Possibilities to really try to destroy the notions of what somebody who's blind is capable of doing. This was Berlin's seventh Boston Marathon, but his first with daughter Talia by his side. If you were to sum up this experience all together, what would you say? Can you combine elated and exhausted? And ready for his next adventure. Nancy Chen, CBS News, Boston. Tomorrow's skyrocketing fuel costs from gasoline to heating oil. What does it mean for you as we head into the cold winter months? And if you can't watch us live, don't forget, you can set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus, starting May 1st.